Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1 of the United States Constitution. The President shall be Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy of the United States and of the Militia of the several states when called into the actual service of the United States. He may require the opinion in writing of the principal officer in each of the executive departments upon any subject relating to the duties of their respective offices, and he shall have the power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. Can a president pardon someone as a favor? Can a president pardon someone that has committed a crime on behalf of the president or in cooperation of that president? Can a president pardon someone before their crime is known to exist? Can a president pardon a foreign actor? Can a president pardon someone working on behalf of a foreign actor? If a president was involved in a subversive act with Americans and or foreign actors that was considered to be a crime, could he pardon those involved, including himself? Can a pardon be overturned if found it was offered to cover up a crime or was it in fact a crime to offer it? That's where we begin right after this break. Thank you for listening to Public Access America. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. Because that is how it works. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. The problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition once you are willing to stand up for yourself. But if every one of you change the lives of just 10 people. Once you recognize what your rights are. And each one of those people change the lives of another 10 people. This is the beginning. It is not the finale. And that's why we're here. And that's why we rally. And you can change the entire population of the world. 8 billion people. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. forever. We've got to be that something that Arnold Tornby, the historian, refers to as a... You're wrong. Once you are willing to stand up for yourself, then others will show up. Also, what about no children dying? That's kind of nice. kind of nice. Liberation. It's an internal thing. But their children were saved. And their children's children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere and anyone can and do anyone it. Can do it. This way. Adam, guess what? Yes. Hey. We're recording. Ryan. Ryan, guess what? <laughs> what? We are in effect. We're in effect. <laughs> so what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Change it. Change it. Change it. Welcome. To public, to public access. access. Sorry, I got about four notes open right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 going to be a heavy day. What can we say? Maybe I don't even know quite how to. Uh, I didn't even like. 
I did a, I read the cold opener for the podcast and I was just about to read it now, but it isn't in my teleprompter and it isn't in my note. It's in the Google app. So I was like, fuck that. But I just didn't, know, <laughs> I didn't even know how to start like addressing it. You know what I mean? What I, I want to say, Hey, welcome to public access America, Jeffrey. Thanks for uh, being here for this. I did go ahead and put the presidential powers in the description of this so people can go back and mm -hmm. they can read that to at least get where we're starting because all i did was i mean we we shared a google note and i mm -hmm. i had a whole bunch of information because it's a giant rabbit hole whether the president can do what he's saying to do so i what i did was i kind of broke it down into topic points is that okay if we just cover it in that? yeah i mean i would say the best way to start addressing it is you know like anything else that's a problem you just have to state what the problem is and the problem is is that <clears throat> pardon powers they have their place in the constitution for a reason and there were people you know, federalists and anti-federalists who opposed uh, pardon powers simply because they saw where abuse was possible. Mm. So let's so let's start a little bit with the history of why the hell is pardons why why are pardons a part of our constitution? Yeah, why do we even have this thing? Why does the president get this? So to understand why pardon powers are even a thing, we have to go back to good old King George. Mm, asshole. Yep. So uh, I'm going to have a fun little segment here called King George or Donald Trump. <laughs> so King George uh, liked to get his way or Donald Trump. Um, and what you had was this application of law that was very selective based on how monarchs decided they wanted the law to be applied. So what you would often see is, is that you would have a bunch of overly charged individuals and pardons were really a thing of, you know, that monarchs did for the wealthy and loyal elite. <clears throat> so what does that sound like right now? To me, it sounds like the Catholic Church offering absolution for money. But are you talking about it does. times? <laughs> it does, it, because that's that's honestly where it gets its root. Is in the Catholic Church back in the eighteen hundred or not the eighteen hundreds, the eight hundreds? Uh, they up until that point, they would offer absolution for money. So that became a very central sticking point for a lot of people hmm. in that. The idea that you could simply be, you know, absolved of your sins by paying, that didn't sit right with the idea of how, you know, absolution was supposed to work. True. Flash forward about a thousand years, and what you see is crimes against the country or the state or the king uh, were being pardoned by, once again, paying a sum of money, and oh. voila you know, your, 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 uh, freedom was assured. Right. And breaking news, this just in, there's an investigation starting into this very topic on whether mm -hmm. somebody offered money for a pardon, but I mean, is that wrong? Is it wrong? Yes, is it, actually. Is it, 
is it wrong? I mean, I read, I read, you guys can all read it, it, what the, what the language of the constitution says, and it doesn't say that's wrong. It doesn't, it doesn't specifically spell it out. However, there have been judicial interpretations or well, historical uh, interpretations that, uh, mm. paying for pardons would be considered abuse of office. Agreed. And I, and I, what I think is looking at the language, the simple language, it's pretty broad and we can break mm-hmm. that down and explain because, you know, we're my cousin Vinny types, right? And we can mm-hmm. break anything down. We're Marissa Tomei's and, and my cousin Vinny. And so that's not the thing, but I think every law that was made in America since then says that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But the language of the original text doesn't say that that's wrong. And so it just says think- that the president has the power to uh, pardon at a federal level. Yeah, and that he for crimes against the United States. Yep, and he cannot step into uh, and pardon crimes against states. That's the realm of the state. Right. So that's where you have this very, you know, why a lot of people get upset about why the president doesn't pardon certain people or certain crimes. Well, they weren't crimes against the United States; they were crimes against a state, and a the president state. has no power over that whatsoever. So the S in crimes against the united states is carrying a pretty heavy load there mm-hmm. absolutely that's interesting on a side note i wanted to address it it says he shall have the power and i thought to myself boy if kamala harris ever becomes president she's not going to have the pardon power <laughs> you know what I mean? well if some people want to interpret it quite literally then mm. yes um I, I tried finding it in the i think it was the 13th amendment it said the same thing it used the word he he shall be free and i think they had to create the 14th amendment because the language they couldn't add an s to it so they had to make a whole other amendment just to make sure everybody was created equal yeah pretty much so so we get to modern times hmm. you know there is a lot of, you know, we actually surprisingly up until about World War II, pardons were used pretty, pretty frequently. Um, and there's a, been a sharp decline in the use of pardons since then. But the rise of more controversial pardons has become uh, a thing. Mm-hmm. So what most people don't realize is, is that when it comes to getting a presidential pardon, it isn't, you know, it isn't, you know, some type of, you know, you know, the voice or, or American idol. You're not, you're not calling in right. to vote for America's pardon. I mean, I'm surprised that that didn't happen given, you know, the reality TV shit show that has been. Well, it kind of did with Kim Kardashian, you know what I mean? It, and, it did very, and very Arpeo And you know what I mean? And so, but there is a process that's supposed to happen. And that goes mm. through the Department of Justice. It goes through the White House lawyers. And then a list of na- proper names is given to the president. And he decides from there. Yep. There's an office of the pardon uh, of a pardon attorney. And basically they have to go through and this is where we start to understand why pardons were a thing. So basically because one of the things we do have to give the founding fathers credit for, you know, is that some of them saw the potential that, you know, the punishment for a crime would be heavy handed. And the question of whether or not justice had been served uh, appropriately was 
something that needed to be addressed. So, sure. so the question became, you know, whether or not someone who had been convicted of a crime against the United States had justice truly been served and would justice truly be served by a pardon or reprieve or, um, you know, any, let's see, it was, there's pardons, there's reprieves, there's commutations, there's, um, yeah, there's also, two hours. Yeah, there's two hours. Reprieved? Oh man, I'll go back up and look. <laughs> and, uh, I was just calling it PCRR. You know what I mean? Yeah, Pardon, PCRR. Reprieves and something. Pardons, else. Commuta- commutations, reprieves, and oh god, why can I not remember it now? I read it like yeah. seventeen times here yesterday. <laughs> I know, <me> <laughs> and I took I'd, all of that out of my note because I had already, you know, posted it everywhere. Right. But yeah. But. But it's a um, it's about taxes, like you know whether or not you know you can be granted. Uh, I think if I remember right, restitution. Hmm. Yeah, I think is okay. I think is what it is. So basically, making sure that you know that when you're pardoned uh, based on the federal side of things, that you know you can either you know receive a full pardon, you can have your sentence commuted, you can be granted reprieve, you can be. Uh, Granted, now why did I just forget it? Oh my god, mm. a remu- uh, remuneration, I don't, yeah, whatever, restitution. Um, <clears throat> so the whole point of it was is that in the you know, in the event that justice seemed to be heavy handed, hey, I found it. What is it? And he shall have the power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States in cases. Except in cases of impeachment, it does. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, which we'll get to that. That 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 specific one is very interesting. Hmm. Um. So basically, when you look at this whole pardon thing, the idea was is is that you know someone convicted, let's say, forty years ago, you know, as as we understand what justice looks like, mm-hmm. there is the opportunity for us to sit down and say, you know what, in these cases, justice was not served the way it should have been. And, and we need to pardon. Now there've been some very questionable pardons over the, over the time, like George Washington pardoning the leaders of, I think it was the, the, was it the whiskey rebellion or something like that? Wow. You're going back in time. Yep. Um, then you also have, um, Let's see here. The the more controversial ones really come in the last 60 years. Yeah, I'm thinking of Scooter Libby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there's there's plenty to go around. So mm. you get into this question of, you know, if you want to, because I know that some people are going to start foaming at the mouth when I say this, but, you know, when Bill Clinton pardoned his brother Roger, there was a question about whether or not, you know, you could pardon friends or family members. And it's not clear. It doesn't say that a president can't. It, it doesn't just says say the president, he can't. It doesn't say he can, but it says that he has part, the power to pardon. And, mm-hmm. you know, people foamed at the mouth over that one, but not much you can do about it. That's right. Um, you know, and, and also the same when Bill Clinton just like did a huge mass pardon on his last day of office. It doesn't say that the president, you know, can't just mass pardon people. Right. And in fact, I was just, I just, I'm watching Rachel Maddow and there was a Kentucky case where the governor was taking bribes for pardons and they 
they elected the next governor. They had him inaugurated three days earlier, just so he couldn't he couldn't give the pardons for the payouts that he got. <laughs> right. So it happens. It happens everywhere. And the latest example is, of course, Donald Trump. He wants to pardon his family. He wants to pardon himself. And I think people are really worried that he's going to get away scot-free. And I don't, I don't really think he is. I think the states are just taking all of the cases. And I also think the Department of Justice is arcing towards justice again, knowing that it's going to have to transition. So I don't really want people to worry about that. But no. I do kind of want to get into the language of why I think it won't work. And so, so let's, so let's build into that because, because there's a lot of history to cover, um, just to kind of understand what has happened and then start to really, you know, cause we gotta, we gotta give all of this context. Well, cause legal scholars, legal scholars are using past cases, which don't fit the mold of this to try and you know, to put it around this as if the legal cases from the past match this and they don't, but there is a few cases that get pretty close to some of the, if you get into the specifics like, uh, pre pardons or Mm -hmm. like you said, pardoning for families, there is, there's past cases that relate to that. Exactly. So, you know, and, and, and that's what legal scholars do is they look at precedent. What has Mm -hmm. happened uh, that has either moved forward or has been quashed. And that's, and that's why we have to give a lot of this context is, is that there's a lot of things that have happened mm-hmm. and then, then we can stop. And then we can really talk about what application looks like. Right. So, so you've got this pardoning of friends and family that Clinton has done. You've got, uh, W pardoning a bunch of Reaganites, um, that, you know, had been convicted of different things. You've got Bush pardoning uh, people involved in the Iran-Contra affair. There's a lot of things that were really unpopular, but here's where we get to this whole, can he pardon himself? Now, for people who may be old enough to remember the, the Nixon Watergate scandal and how everything was going on, at that time, it was floated that Nixon could pardon himself. And right. the Department of Justice flat out said that that probably wouldn't fly. Right. We have that. We have that in our note about the lady. Yeah. But it was just a memo that said that wouldn't fly, which also said, like, I was thinking about that. The memo that said you couldn't indict a president is just a memo. It's, these aren't these aren't laws. It's just things the Department of Justice says no or yes. They're not. Yeah, exactly. They're not laws. But because we haven't had a case move forward in the Supreme Court, to the Supreme Court regarding this, it's the best of what we got. Right. And until someone tries it, there's literally, you know, literally that's the best we've got to go off of. So, right. so here's what happens. The idea of Nixon pardoning himself gets floated. Of course, the Department of Justice under Nixon looks into it. They determine that mm, that's probably not going to go so well. So then we get what is what ends up happening, which is that Nixon resigns, leaves office, Gerald Ford becomes the president, and Gerald Ford pardons Nixon before a crime has ever been, you know, before he's ever been, you know, impeached or convicted of a crime. But that that's an important point for me in later conversation is that there was an investigation. There was a case. 
So mm-hmm. while he wasn't convicted, he wasn't charged, he was a target, he was a subject. Exactly. So by by Gerald Ford pre-pardoning him of the crime, it never went through to the Supreme Court. It never was adjudicated as whether you could or couldn't do that. But it is it has been said that that actually really damaged the party at the from that point because a lot of people saw that as as an you know they saw it as an abuse of power but unfortunately there was nothing that said that you couldn't pre-pardon someone mm, I don't think there's anything that says you can that's and that's the problem is is that you know there's nothing that says you can there's nothing that says you can't the only real specifics that is is that you know a pardon does cannot overrule impeachment well did and see that's part of my question is what what does pardon mean you know what i mean I well think, i would also argue what does impeachment mean because well, by, yes and grants these are the three things that i wanted to discuss you know overall in the because the writing of the constitution says grants and apparently people are saying now that grant means to offer to somebody else and i looked up the definition and it does not and Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's an issue. And then pardon. People are saying pardon implies that you're giving it to somebody else. And the definition of pardon does not say that. And so mm-hmm. there's, there's arguments that say he can't give it to himself because of that. And I don't think those arguments hold any water. <laughs> right. So let's start with the big one. Mm-hmm. You know, basically the idea was, is that, you know, when it came to, uh, a president not being able to pardon impeachments. You have to go back to the founding of the constitution. Mm-hmm. And that basically, you know, the idea was, is that a president could not pardon people that were doing dirty work for him and got caught and convicted on, you know, as far as your, your, your house and, and Senate goes, okay. because that was a concern is, is that, you know, you, the president couldn't get his hands dirty, but there was no reason why he couldn't make uh, House oh, or no. Senate cronies or even or. And I would also remind you, too, that impeachment proceedings can happen and have happened in the Supreme Court. Mm, OK, so, Wait, so against members of the Supreme Court or. Yes. Uh, OK, yeah. Yes. There's, I think there's only been one that's been impeached. Okay. Um. So the idea was this is that <clears throat> if the president had anybody on the legislative or the judicial branch that were was doing his dirty work for him and they got convicted, impeached mm. and convicted, the president couldn't pardon them. Okay. Because that was the will of the people saying, no, what happened was wrong. You can't undo that. Of course. And the case of that's just one case of impeachment but i think it says in cases of impeachment and i think that doesn't what? specify house doesn't specify right. presidency doesn't specify uh, supreme court but my but argument, impeachment is across the board on all of those but my argument is simply that donald trump is currently a case of impeachment and therefore the, it's the fruit it's the poisoned apple you know what I mean? He has impeachment, which neuters his pardon powers per the Constitution. I think that's the that's my greatest argument to that. 
So that, and that's unfortunately where things get a little hinky mm-hmm. because, because he technically, yes, he is an impeached president. So it was Clinton, mm-hmm. but they were never convicted. Well, so, they were never ousted. They both no, no, no. Have... They, they were not convicted. The Senate has the power to convict, and the Senate did not convict. But the, the House did impeach. He, he yep. is impeached. He just isn't removed. The Senate removes, right? That doesn't. So here's what most people think. Oh, well, if you get impeached and the Senate convicts, that means automatic removal. No, it doesn't. Ah, okay. It means that a removal then becomes an option. Okay. It's just that by the time you reach conviction, the what follows right after is removal of office. So what you can see happen is you can see powers get censured. Right. That's what I'm saying, that the, the that does impeachment happen. is a form of censure in and of itself. Yep. So, so that can Thank happen. You. Thank you for helping me with my case right there. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is, this is why, you know, this is why when, when people were like, yay, Donald Trump's impeached. And I, you know, I'm sitting here going, not so fast. You, you don't understand the process. If you think that this is where we start cheering because it's got to go to the Senate who are going to protect his ass next. Of course. of course. And that's what happened with Clinton. Right. Exactly. So, so. Like when when you heard a bunch of talk about how impeachment is, you know, this grand political process, unless you have both ruling parties on board, mm-hmm. it is just a show. It Basically, is just a show just, that wastes time. It's the Democrats running in place <clears throat> somewhere, right? Yep. And when and when and when and when it was Clinton, it was the Republicans running in place. Right. It was just a show. And it was a shit show. <laughs> so there is cases of impeachment, and that's mm-hmm. the, I, that's the strongest argument to the vagueness of the language. I think yep. the vagueness is. But let's say let's say he can. Let's say that even though he's impeached, he still has the powers because Bill Clinton did, and so it wouldn't be fair to take him from Trump if you didn't right. take him from Clinton. So we'll right. move on. Right. So, and, and I think that's honestly where, um, because of its vagueness, because it doesn't say impeached and convicted, mm-hmm. I could make the argument from a constitution perspective that because he was impeached, he does not have the ability to pardon himself. Right. Take the I language could make that broadest. Part take the language yeah as it is written in the constitution and let me tell you something there's going to be a lot of republicans foaming at the mouth over that one they're gonna be like well you know it should be conviction i'm like oh so we're going for a liberal interpretation of the constitution now (laughs) you just watch them just like start like because if you just take it as as it's written it means you know he was impeached anybody who has impeached not been convicted right impeached only that as per the constitution would mm-hmm. not be eligible for a pardon. Right. It centers it, his pardon abilities. It neuters him. I like that. You know what I mean? And as a constitutional, you know, as someone who likes to adhere more to the constitution, I think that is the applicable version. And right. there are going to be a lot of Republicans pissed about that one. I guarantee it. There's going to be a lot of, 
if it goes to court, that would be the argument. And then if that was, if that was accepted forever after, that's how it would be. Right. Which case, in which case then if, 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 you know, the Supreme court is going to, you know, if the conservative justices are going to say, Oh, well, you know, it has to be impeached and convicted. I'm going to be like, "Hmm, so we're going for a liberal interpretation. Are we? Hmm." Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. Yeah, exactly it. It's like, so. I mean, I'm sorry, on a side note, for John Cornyn to stand up and say, I don't trust these nominees that Joe Biden is putting forth. We need to see their tax records and we need to do an investigation into their finances. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it, it's it, like I said, it's it's magical, you know the whole like the whole golfing thing came up too you know when 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 obama was out golfing it was how could he be taking a break from this country and blah 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 but when donald trump's out golfing golfing it's oh well the office is really stressful and i don't think it's the golfing that you have a problem with i think it was either the black man or the party either way it's if you're gonna justify it for one you gotta justify it for the other I agree. Sorry about the lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, whatever. So with with that whole impeachment argument, with that whole issue of whether or not, you know, conviction has to take place, from a constitutional perspective, it only says impeachment, and he's been impeached, meaning that he could leave office today and Pence could try and pardon him before anything happens. But in my mind having read the constitution and seeing how it is worded specifically, he would be absolutely ineligible for a pardon from Pence or wow, anybody that jump, else. That jumps us to like topic four. Can, can the vice president do that? Um, <laughs> and so this gets into the whole, the whole area of crime. You can't use the pardons to cover up a crime. Right. And, I think Mike Pence was involved in the Ukraine situation because there was a meeting with him and uh, the Ukraine president in Poland where, where uh, Pence was accused of, you know, repeating the president's demands. And so mm-hmm. I think there's an investigation of Mike Pence. And so is that criminal? I don't know if that's criminal yet. I know the president was convicted in the house of this stuff. So, and other reports have, have verified this, that it is a crime that occurred (laughs) in the overall scheme of things that yes, it was a crime. And so can he being a part of that crime, then pardon somebody that was the initiator of the crime? And that's, and that's honestly where it gets, this is where we run into that issue of how far down the rabbit hole is worth going. (laughs) Because, because honestly, what's going to end up happening is you're going to have a bunch of, you're going to have the Democrats trying to impeach a bunch of Republicans. And then when the Republicans are in power, you're going to have them trying to impeach a bunch of Democrats. And we literally just ain't going to get anything done for the American (laughs) people. It's just, we're just literally going to have just, you know, the, the, the uh, party of impeachments. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and, and and I don't think it's necessary. Again, I don't think it's necessary that Donald Trump is not pardoned or pardoned. He's still going to be held responsible 
in the District of Columbia. And so and the and, state and, of New York. <laughs> so he's going to get his comeuppance. And honestly, if you're just thinking your whole life about <laughs> vengeance, you're never going to move forward. And so we need to get past that. He will get his retribution. You know, he'll be shunned forever. But I think that the pardon, somebody had said that accepting a pardon accepts admission of guilt to a crime. No. And it's like a scarlet letter. I don't think he really gives a fuck about scarlet letters. But the, here's the, the other thing I, I did want to address. And that is, how do you pardon somebody if there is no crime? If there is no investigation, if you're not a subject, like we talked about with Nixon, if you're, if you're, if you're not a subject, if there is no, if there is no crime, how, what are you pardoning? I mean, a la, a la Ivanka and Eric and Jared, there's no crimes. Nobody said there's like, I could see if Donald Trump said to Mike Pence, these are the crimes I committed. Okay, I'm going to pardon you for that stuff you told me. And writing a vague letter saying he did admit it. I can't share that, you know, whatever uh, security. And then, uh, but he needs to admit the crime somewhere, right? The people getting a pardon, what are they getting pardoned for? That's and that's one of the that's one of the really open and question parts of this is whether mm. or not whether or not there is actually anything there. So. <sighs> This one's a mess. I this know. one is an absolute mess. That's why I gave it a half hour. <laughs> right. So does a pardon equal an admission of guilt? Some scholars would say yes. Some would say no. Say no. The reason The reason I would say no is simply because there is nothing contingent upon you being pardoned by admitting guilt there in some states there is laws on the book where basically it's um it's basically a non non defense it's you know you're reaching settlement mm -hmm. but you're not convicted of anything you're not going to be accused of anything further and it's not an admission of guilt and you're not, you're the receiver. You're not mm -hmm. the giver. If somebody gives me a dildo as a Christmas present, I'm not suddenly the weirdo. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but I, I do think that, you know, Donald Trump giving it to himself kind of admits guilt in that way that he needs it and he's providing it and he's accepting it. But, and once again, I go back to the Constitution. By definition, the president can't pardon anybody who's been impeached. That would mean that he can't pardon himself. That's a good one. I like that. I like that interpretation. I like it too. And and I, I'm just waiting for a bunch of conservatives to say that conviction has to be on there when it clearly only says impeached. Right. And I this this is why I bring that up, and it's so heavy, is that I haven't heard that argument in any <clears throat> in any of the liberal news or in any of the you know, on Twitter or anything like that. And I was doing this note and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I just got higher and higher because I couldn't take it. And this was just this rabbit hole that kept sucking me in and I'm reading legal scholars and their interpretations. And I'm like, but you're all basing it off of the poison apple. And I kept going back to that phrase in case of impeach in cases of, except in cases, cases of impeachment. And nobody addressed that. But after that, Everybody is arguing laws underneath that language. 
Mm-hmm. So that's so that's where that's that's I think going to be a fun one in terms of legal interpretation. Totally. Um, because I could also make the argument of: Are you actually impeached if you haven't been convicted? Right. In the in the case of you know the House and the Senate, where the House has, where it, they're very separate houses, and so he was absolutely impeached. Absolutely, I you agree. know that's an entirely separate process. So I don't think that you can override that. No, nope. I think the impeachment is House. I think mm-hmm. the sentencing phase you might be right is in the senate but the conviction yep. was in the house nope nope the the impeachment was in the house conviction right, right. goes to the sen- uh, senate but what i'm saying is the trial like the uh the 12 jurors deciding he's guilty was the house but no, then the judge that's that's, that's the senate that's that's where a lot of people get confused well, is, is I, that... what i'm saying is the senate is the the sentencing phase I think he gets the eye. I think he's convicted with the eye in the house. I it's think a weird. It's a weird system, though. It seems because to be. because by by the whole definition of conviction, what would follow then is punishment. Exactly, and it was. And here's the, the thing: is is that you know, you the way that you have to look at it. Impeachment is the charging document. He was charged. Okay. Formally. And completely. That's like your DA saying, here is the case. Gotcha. The Senate is the standing before the, the, the judge and the jury. Okay. And the, the, the removal of office phase comes after conviction. But that's also the Senate. Mm. Yes, that's also okay. the Senate. Okay. Um, uh, actually, no, I think that that might be the Supreme Court gets involved there. Well, the Supreme Court is also involved in uh, the Chief Justice is also involved in in the uh, the the Senate phase as well because they exactly. had the impeachment uh, right. the, the conviction phase. So, so all I'm thinking though is if if somebody told Donald Trump you're being investigated on a federal level for this, then he could then say, "I I want to pardon that crime." You know what I mean? But I don't think you can preemptively, like, like before you've admitted the crime, before anybody knows about the crime. And I think that's important. You can't pardon thin air. And, and, and that has been a question, especially after what Ford and Nixon pulled. Because there was this real grand question of, you know, can you pardon someone when they haven't had anything brought before them Mm. or been convicted of something or serving a sentence for something? But again, he had the investigation. I mean, it was you're about to be indicted. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It, It came to that point and there is no there's that point isn't here. That point isn't here unless he knows about investigations that we don't know about. I will agree that per Nixon, there has to be some form of subject. You have to be the subject target of an investigation. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes something you need to defend against. And a pardon is a defense against that for a president. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And that and that has definitely come up. Mm. Now, here's where, uh, here's where I, I could see the argument backfiring that we've so far gone for, which is that you've been impeached. 
you cannot be pardoned. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. But now what that means is, you know, by preemptively pardoning people, pre-pardon, does that mean that we are using a pardon in terms of figuring out if justice has been served? If justice is going to be served down the line, <laughs> that's the problem. It's not even about it's not even about is justice going is, is is justice being served? Is it going to be in the future? Up until up until Nixon, pardons had only been used on people who had been convicted. It had been very much right. a an issue of you had you had been convicted mm-hmm. and you were serving sentence and that's the thing is that everybody is calling the nixon pardon the pre-pardon um precedent and i yes. i just I, I that's why i'm arguing hard that because there was an investigation he had something to pardon and what i'm thinking mm-hmm. about is say <clears throat> eric eric jr he's mm-hmm. being investigated by the state but not by the federal departments in any way and so mm-hmm. what are you pardoning him for right That's ivanka she's being investigated in the district of columbia but not federally and so what are you pardoning them for that's my problem is because mm-hmm. you need to write the language so that we can say fine here's the line you're 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 protected from those crimes, but what about these crimes going forward? I don't want some guy 20 years from now. I don't want Jared Kushner to be like, yeah, but I had that pardon back in 2020. So I'm mm-hmm. going to shoot this guy now. And that's what I need to know. And I think that's, I don't, and I think that's unfortunately one of the specificities that we don't have is, is that are you pardoned from anything and everything, or are you just pardoned for the one act that right. you are being pardoned for? And so I think that's where wisely, and especially in this case, (laughs) by having, by the president not being able to override states on their cases, crimes against the state, that S. You know, Donald Trump can try and pardon himself for whatever he wants on a federal level. Go for it. Yeah. I don't think that based on what we've talked about, he has the ability to do that. But yeah. the moment, but January twentieth at twelve o'clock p.m., he is no longer the president of the United States, I'm just and that curious. means that wherever he 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 better find himself a place that isn't going to extradite <laughs> him back to New York. That was my question: Will Marine One fly him to a country with no extradition? <laughs> well, we can fly him to a state, and the state doesn't have to extradite him. Florida doesn't have to extradite anybody to New York. That's true. That's true. So why do you think, which is where I go, why do you think he decided to move to Florida? Hmm. Totally. I like that. So, but I don't, I don't think you can pardon thin air. I'm going to go with that. And I I think you need (laughs) to, you need to pardon something. I think you do need to pardon specific acts. But I don't, I do not think that the pardon power is a bad thing. I, I think here's, here's my question. I'll throw it out there now. I was going to save it for my final thought. Why the fuck isn't Donald Trump pardoning everybody? everybody. <laughs> why? Because this has always been my thing with Donald Trump. You want to win the election. Why didn't you just write an executive order eliminating student loans, legalizing marijuana, and the $15 an hour 
minimum wage. You would have gotten every fucking Democratic vote. And that's my question. You're leaving office. You want to sow chaos. Why the fuck aren't you pardoning every single nonviolent offense ever? And just be go go out as the man that did that, you know? Well, here's, you know, here's reality. He's, he's got like, what, 49 days until he leaves office? Mm. And he's also floating the possibility of running in 2024. <laughs> so if you want to talk about the sowing seeds of chaos, January 20th at 10 o'clock would be a great time to plant some seeds. Yeah, but imagine all those votes that you would get if you did that stuff. I just, I don't think he thinks enough about himself, you know, to do that. I don't, I don't think he... He doesn't think about himself enough in that way. It's, it's self-preservation. He's in mm. self-preservation mode. He's not in self-aggrandizing mode. And so he's not thinking about anybody except himself. Right. So, yeah, that's, so that's a fun one. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I think that the, this whole toe the party line thing is what's going to get is is what has backfired so far, mm. and I think what will backfire and, and crunch him in the in 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 twenty twenty four. Um, there was so much that he could have done. You know, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that Democrats had a strong candidate. Right. Biden was Biden was not a strong candidate. He was just Nobody the best like that they it. had. Right. And that's I, the, the the best they were willing to go. With. We'll go with that. Mm -hmm. you the know, old white man. They looked at the 21 candidates and they said, we have two old white men. One is a socialist and one is a, a moderate. Let's go with the moderate. Yep. Mm -hmm. And and that's, you know, I think that was the party's wisest bet. Oh, me too. Not my um, favorite choice. I would have gone with a Kirsten Gillibrand or a Cory Booker or even a, <clears throat> I can't remember his name. He was housing secretary though. And I think he's awesome. Julian Castro. Yep. So I would have gone with, I would have gone with the younger. I don't think anybody in politics should be over 50. You know what I mean? So, and I think, I don't think you should be able to keep your job. I think everybody gets promoted and I think you should start in the house, go to the Senate, become president or not. You know, I don't think you should just sit in one office for 18 years and do absolutely nothing. I mean, I, I do think that term limits need to be a thing. I really do. Yeah. Because, you know, you, the people that have been in the house or the Senate for 30, 40, 50 years, this is, this is absurd. Yeah. yeah. So, and I want to say like Mitch McConnell isn't smart. Smart would be negotiating witty deals. Obstructing is obstructing is, is a tool of the ignorant of the stupid. I don't know what to do. So I'm going to obstruct, you know what I mean? So he's not smart by obstructing. He's, he, he's kind of a moron because he isn't dealing, you know? Well, you know, and uh, I think he's a moron in that he also hasn't done everything he can to quash the whole debate about whether or not the election results were uh, valid. Because as yeah. you're starting to see now, that's starting to backfire badly. Mm -hmm. And oh, there's a yeah. lot of people in Georgia, you know, wondering why it's even worth voting if you're going to vote for the GOP, if the whole system's rigged. And you yeah. could just like see their faces go, 
Oh, shit. And here comes Donald Trump to have a... See, I live in northern Florida, okay? And I want to tell you that when you're looking for a hooker, you go to Valdosta, Georgia. And it made me laugh my ass off when they said that Donald Trump was going to Valdosta, Georgia. Because it is like this small, it's a big, big little town. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's not Atlanta. <laughs> you know, it's, not, it's not the state capital. It's, it's, it's this little town. And I just thought that was so funny. Donald Trump is going to become a very little irrelevant person very quickly. And my question is, will people see the hypocrisy of the Republican Party when they start turning back into the obstructionists going against the Democrats? Will people see Mitch McConnell as, like, are they going to see Donald Trump we saw what the Republicans can do. Now we're going to see what the Democrats can do. You know, I don't I don't know if the American people will vote Republican in 2022. That's I think that's going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it all depends on what happens in the Georgia runoff. Yeah, I think I think people Everything. we will find out what will happen when I mean, this January is the, 4th, right? This is the tough part um, mm-hmm. because, you know, in the House, the Democrats lost some seats. They're still in control, but they lost some seats. Mm-hmm. So people ain't happy with the Democrats. But that's district by district. I don't think that's an overall sense of America. I think that's district by district. But even still, you know, remember that those were places that only two years ago were part of that wave that, you know, absolutely dominated the Republicans. So. Mm-hmm. Even in those districts, what that means is is that there were some people that were unhappy with the Democratic Party and their choices. Or the Democratic choice. I mean, I'm not going to say that like a Democrat in Tallahassee is the same thing as a Democrat in Washington State. It or California or New York. And even, even AOC is saying, hey, here's some, we should eat our own when they're a Joe Manchin type. You know what I mean? And that's po- that's politics. I don't I don't care. I think it takes everybody to balance mm-hmm. it. And what upsets me is even if we win the Georgia runoff, that just means we're gonna be the Democrats are gonna be forcing their agenda down Republicans' throats. And it's the exact same thing yep. as the Republicans doing it to us. And I don't want that. I want no. everybody, I want the I want the Democrats to be like, here's our giant deal, and the, the Republicans to be like we'll figure out how to pay for that. You know what I mean? You know, I, I don't want it to be, Oh, you're going to deal with this. What I, here's what I say is, is that let's say the Democrats win and it is a 50, 50 split. Here's what the mandate is. The mandate is, is that your asses have to work together. Mm-hmm. That's what the mandate is. The, if the Democrats lost seats in the house and the Senate goes 50, 50, it's like, I'm sorry, progressives, that's not going to be like, a, let's just do everything progressive. It's a mandate to work together. Well, even AOC says, I asked for everything so I could get half of that. Yeah. And so I see why she's doing it. But they're not. I mean, it's a great, it's a great tactic. I don't want people to think that like, we're getting, we're trying for everything. We're, we're asking for everything. That doesn't mean we're going to get mm-hmm. it, but we know that going in, you know, and, and something needs to change, Jeffrey. This is not, oh, America this, is not good right now. No. And, and I think John McCain said it best when, you know, in, in his last days before he passed is that America in, in especially in, in the Senate, 
needs to return to regular order you know mm -hmm. they're you know considered the greatest the greatest deliberative body in the world Agreed. but the lack of willingness to work together to address to compromise has thrown the institution into jeopardy and I, I'm just saying that's the easy way out for, for the obstruct, obstructionist Republican Tea Party. I just think that it's the easy way out to obstruct everything and say government. <clears throat> it's self-fulfilling prophecy to say the Senate doesn't work because we're not letting it work. You know what I mean? And that's and 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 that is true to an extent. But when you know what the problem is, you know, right now it's the other the other party is the enemy of the people. And mm -hmm. if you and if that's how you're going to treat it, this is just, you're just going to watch this whole thing tear apart. Agreed. Agreed. An idea and, isn't an enemy. An, an, an idea is a way to think. And the reality is, is, is that there are plenty of goals that both parties want to reach together. It's the methodology that is different. And it's mm -hmm. time to stop making the goal the enemy. <laughs> Yes. The methodology, you can challenge the methodology. And then mm -hmm. and the greatest senators have all said the same thing. Don't challenge the man, challenge the method. Right. Because because there are times where you need a little bit more liberal touch. There's times where you need a little bit more of a conservative touch. Yes. And I, you know, unfortunately, I think one of the things that we're going to have to keep in mind, and this is going to happen with the way that our budget sits right now what we saw happen in the early 2010s with all of the um the financial issues like with italy like with greece mm -hmm. like with spain um, we're gonna find ourselves there too if we yeah. don't get things under control agreed agreed and that means that there's, you know, if we want to avoid that, there's going to be some cuts that are going to hurt. And I want, I want to avoid that, but I want to say that I'm, I'm really, really tired of them balancing budgets, budgets on my back. They need it's, to find another, another source of income besides taxes. Cause we can't keep propping up 10% lifestyle like this. I, well, I can't keep doing it. We can't. No, and that's and and if there's anything that the last ten months should have taught us, is is that there was no reason that Social Security should have ever been touched for anything other than Social Security. So, just really quickly, Social Security is a fund, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't affect a budget. If you take money out of the Social Security fund, you can't put it into the deficit to reduce it. it 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 is what it is it's a separate entity and i want to make sure people understand that that mm -hmm. it is a it is it's separate you can't balance a budget social security isn't driving our budget up it has nothing to do with that it's a payroll tax people pay a payroll tax directly into the social security fund not into an overall budget right but congress has leveraged that fund mm -hmm to fund other things okay. with the, but that's not fair no it's not you know when when and that's and that's the problem is is that when you're leveraging that fund with the idea that you're going to pay it back 
Hmm. You know, you're borrowing against the American people. You know, yes. That's who we owe the most money to. We don't owe the most money to places like China or Germany. Right. Or Thank you. We owe the American people. <laughs> yes, because we've paid for our security, you know, and you just let a giant fucking virus come in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we didn't pay to fucking get sick. We paid to be protected. And that money has been leveraged. And that's why we find ourselves in the position that we're in. Mm-hmm. And, and it looks like that goes back to Lyndon Johnson uh, in my research. Lyndon Johnson was the one who started leveraging it. Well, that sucks. So this is where I think that there's got to be some wake-up calls. And one of the wake-up calls has to be is that we can't leverage Social Security anymore. We can't. And we can't pretend. We, but we can't pretend that these the social nets are the strain on our deficit. It's not. It's And that's the thing is, it's the only reason it's a strain is because we've borrowed so much money to do things the way that we have. Right. That it doesn't look good because guess what? There's only one or two options here with this one, unfortunately. It's either you pay it back and you start, you know, either taxing or cutting programs. Mm-mm. Or, this is going to suck, or that leverage, those bills come due, and you ain't got the money for it because your deficit's so far out of control that you don't get Social Security. Right. Or you find another form of income, as I've suggested, invest in companies and and use the dividends from those companies. Like I said, when you bail out Ford for billions of dollars and they have to pay the interest on that and then give you that money back, that should go into the social security fund, the dividends from these companies. I think there, there needs to be another form of, of money. These like tariffs and all this stuff. Where did all the money from the tariffs go? You know what I mean? The richest country in America, we're making billions of dollars a day, Donald Trump said, in tariffs from China that went into our treasury. Where the fuck did that money go? Where did it go? It didn't help us. It didn't build a wall. It didn't, it didn't help our infrastructure. It didn't take down our deficit. So where did all that stuff go? Farmers fucking killed themselves because of tariffs. You know what I mean? Like, People suffered because of tariffs. Prices of every item in the country went up because of tariffs. And nobody did any better because of that. I guess that's my final thought because we need to wrap up. No, nobody did any better because of, of the tariffs. Nobody nobody did better. End of story, period. There were no walls built. There was no great victory over China. You've got, and this is where it gets really horrible, is is that now you've got companies that are, you know, wanting to get around this proposed bill of, you know, buying or using labor in places where they know they use slave labor in China. Mm-hmm. Nike, Apple, looking at you guys. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. FedEx. These are just like, some companies I, that I've heard on the yeah. news saying this. So, And that's... If you, if you and, and, with your wallet. Yeah, (laughs) right. And, and, and that right there should be, you know, should be a wake up call for some people. And, and unfortunately I had a friend, you know, she's been starting a small business and she talked about how she's like, well, I want to support local, but I can order the same stuff from China for a dollar 50 per unit less and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting here going, you're approaching the point you're getting close. 
So let me ask you, what do you think China has that we don't? And I'm going to ask black people in the room not to answer <laughs> or get mad when the white person can't figure this out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because if you, if you don't know what that advantage is, you don't even know our history. Right. That dark, evil segment of our time. Yeah, that we're I, still dealing with the fallout from. You ask England why cotton was so cheap from America for so long, right? So ask ask India why their um why their dyes, you know, the way you dyed sheets was so cheap, because that's where that's where their slavery was was in the indica inks and stuff like that. So yep. It's a crazy world, but that's the, we talked about this in the last episode, by the way, it, it happened so long ago, but it was the fact that if you just, you could use union labor, if you made the places in Mexico, as opposed to China, and you would help this hemisphere. So go back and listen to global dysfunction and outsiders perspective, uh, part three, <laughs> right? So man, what a ride today. What a ride. I know, right? Did you have anything to wrap up? I don't, you know, yeah. other than, you know, I, I think the only thing that I have to say, and this is pretty far off of what we've covered is, is that, you know, in this time, there's a thing to be said about giving each other some grace because being stuck at home, being worried about getting sick, having lost loved ones to the mm -hmm. virus. You know, it's important, you know, kids having to do school from home and it's, it's important to have some grace for each other in this time as well. You know, despite the great upheaval that has happened in, in our political realm, there's a lot of people in pain. Yes. And if we keep the vitriol going, this doesn't get better. Mm -mm. And so, at some point, we've got to decide, are we Americans together with different ideas? Or is it time to just call, call it the end of the greatest experiment in democracy ever? No, no. And I don't think it's that. But no. if we don't stop calling each other the enemy, and if we don't stop, if we don't stop treating each other as the enemy. That's right then that's then then the second is the answer and i and 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 that hurts all of us because mm -hmm. your whale like we've said before your way of life will disappear overnight but very officially you're not a republican right no i'm not a republican but you're not a democrat right no no i'm not a democrat not even registered as one so nope. i mean I mean, if you're if you're a trump supporter or a biden supporter or an aoc supporter you gotta understand that we support america in that perspective mm -hmm. we're not really we're not really party because i wanted to i wanted to end that by saying if i was too drunk and i was about to walk in the street and get hit by a bus and a trump supporter saved me i would be happy as fuck for that guy's existence and so i want to say to the trump supporters be happy for my existence when i say right now you are being scammed by by donating to Donald Trump's um, funds. And you, you just need to stop. It's your $10. You don't need to give a, a billionaire $10 a month. 
you don't you need you don't need to do that. You need to use that for your kids, your life, um, your future. You know, uh, invest it. Go invest. That's not ten dollars in you, right? But because just, that's what Trump does. He invests in himself. That's right. Invest in yourself. But please, at least look at the fine print when you're donating. Please, like, stop, stop funding him. Stop funding him. And stop doing the same for the Democrats, too. I agree. I don't think we should give another dollar for fundraising for another politician. I think if you, if right. you believe in a politician, volunteer for them, promote them. But don't give your money. They're taking your money so that they can live. And I don't think that's fair because we're not living. No, and 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 that's that's all of us. That's all of us common folk. Donald Trump just spent getting one by. billion dollars to lose. That means one billion dollars. Three hundred three hundred million Americans that support Donald Trump, right? They they all paid. I don't. I can't even do the math. But it's ridiculous that we fund their lifestyles because they're going around and tell us telling us how to live our lives. We should be telling them what to do. And 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 the only thing that I can say is is that we're doing the same thing with the Democrats too. We're yes. funding their lives. You know, that's right. You All know? politicians. If you're taking my money, my money doesn't equal a vote. My vote equals a vote. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I love you, Jeffrey. Love you too, man. What a great show. I want to talk. Well, I'm going to leave the next topic up to you. So. You let me know what we're going to talk about next week, and we will make a note or something. Yeah, let's. We'll see what we'll see what happens with this week. <laughs> All right. Believe me, we, last week when I came up with this topic, I had no idea this whole week would be this topic. You know right. I, mean? I hate to be that dead on the nail when the when the media is talking about it. I try not to, but nobody's talking about the way we talked about it in the simple language of right. the the language of the Constitution instead of. All the arguments afterwards. That's pundits talking. That's not that's not legally binding in any way, you know? Right. Right. So okay. I'll do my wrap next up. week. Have a great day at work, Jeffrey. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Public Access America. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn Radio, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, SoundCloud, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter at Public Access Pod. And you can find me on uh, TikTok or Snapchat at Public Access Guy. I hope that made sense. I actually learned a little bit today and uh, I hope you guys did too. it's It's not all in peril. Or on this, the people love you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Boom, boom, boom. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright tonight, we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes. And I don't care how tough you are, they will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream.
best we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take it and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. We wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Podcast for Stitcher Smart Radio app, Potable and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.